Global, sparking innovative thoughts. Uh, nice to meet you, Wei. I'm Sanjay here. I'm the, just a quick introduction on me first. So I'm the CEO of a company called uh, CryptoMine. So right now we are focusing on uh, advisory in Thailand and doing some uh, digital asset fund in Thailand as well, which is under seeking approval from the local regulator here. And we also host uh, Thailand Blockchain Genesis, which is one of the largest uh, blockchain events in Thailand. So uh, get, it's great to have you here and thanks for sparing your time again. So it's a pleasure for us and the Thai community to get to talk to you and hear some thoughts from you as well. Sure. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. So maybe uh, just quick, uh, I'll just start off quickly. So maybe uh, this just going to be a bit laid back conversation on the global perspective and this year market trend and opportunity we have this year. So maybe I'll start off with simple question to you first. So maybe you can do a quick introduction of yourself, your background before you join the crypto space. And I think this conversation, the whole panel session will last around one hour. Maybe we'll have some questions from the audience as well. So yeah, take it over. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. Um, I'll give a quick intro of myself. So um, my official title is the, uh, the CFO for Binance. And then, uh, but my role here, I think is a, is a little bit of a, not your traditional financial management, you know, accounting kind of a kind of a role. It's more of um, what I call like a growth role, um, where I, I my my primary responsibility is actually to figure out how to grow the business, um, both in terms of um, expanding, um, not just sort of finance, but actually help finance to expand the entire crypto ecosystem. So I help to overlook basically all of our uh, initial, all of our uh, investment initiatives, um, going uh, from sort of you know early stage C type of investment. To sort of major M&A deals, and then also have been um, working uh, with, um, I would say, landing finance in in, uh, in different countries, both through a combination of uh, local partnerships and through sort of um, investments and uh, and acquisition opportunities. So so we actually land finance um, uh, in a regulated and compliant way um, in different parts of uh, different parts of the world. Um, for me personally, I joined Binance uh, in the late summer of 2018. So I've been with uh, I've been with uh, the organization for a little bit um, under three years, about two and a half years. Um, and then before um, before Binance, um, I actually uh, ran my own I would say sort of um, M and uh, M and A business where we basically uh, um, with the fund that I had we basically acquired uh, you know a controlling stake and ultimately ownership in Grinder, which is actually the world's largest sort of LGBT sort of dating and, uh, and social networking platform. And then I was the vice chairman of Grinder um, for about um, uh, four years. And then before that, um, I was uh, actually held a various sort of um, CFO role for um, roles um, for three separate startups. Um, all of them sort of are, are based in uh, in China, um, in the in, but all of them are in sort of in the internet, uh, you know, mobile internet um, space. Um, and then for me personally, my education background is um, I graduated from um, from Harvard University, you know, way early in the days. Uh, with the with that, and then I where I sort of studied uh, economics and Chinese history, and then I started off my career actually as a banker um, with Goldman Sachs in, uh, in Hong Kong, where um, you know did a lot of sort of corporate advisory work, um, as well as um, you know did uh, some uh, you know uh, investment on the distressed debt and asset side. So sort of my background, I'd say, 
you know, uh, I had known, I would say, the founders of Binance, I think, from my days of being, uh, you know, a startup CFO in, uh, in Beijing, when I think CZ and Hui were both co-founders uh, and ran uh, OK, uh, OK Coin. Um, and then I, I basically hit them up for a job in the first half of 2018 um, after sort of um, uh, I had an experience in terms of trading on Binance. And then, uh, and then the experience that I had sort of trading it um, was actually the first experience I felt, you know, I tell everybody's story is that I had that similar type of feeling um, when I first used Google uh, at just sort of how fast everything was and, uh, and how instant it was vis-a-vis uh, -vis sort of some of the other, you know, trading, uh, trading stuff that I had done traditionally. Um, and, uh, and I think, you know, and then I was really impressed that sort of the vision that CZ had uh, in terms of, you know, um, you know, delivering, you know, freedom of money, you know, to people around the world. So I think that's something that really impressed me. Um, not just necessarily about crypt, um, crypto, but actually more about CZ's vision and more about sort of um, what he wants to build, you know, Binance into. So, um, so yeah. So you know, really happy to sort of share my experience and my background with everybody, and then look forward to having you know, um, you know, interesting dialogue with you here. Yep, uh, that's uh, very interesting to hear. I mean, I'm not a personal user of Binance. I'm sure some of the people in the audience might be. Uh -huh. Yeah, so I think like um, as you have been like CFO uh, in this role for a certain like many startups and you had the experience in the traditional banking industry per se as well, like uh, Goldman Sachs, have, as you mentioned. Like my question might be like, okay, apart from uh, CC Vision and why you wanted to join Binance, right? What really sparked you the interest in the cryptocurrency industry as a whole? Like, uh, why did you believe in it initially? What do you see in this, um, I would say, industry or like back in the day when you tried to like uh, understand it? I think. Yeah. Um. So. So for for me, and you know, I'm I, I'm like personally, I'm an action junkie. Like, I, like I I get bored very easily. So that's why if you look at sort of um, I I'm not one of those guys that sort of like you know stay in one thing or have. I have a generally personally I have a very short attention span. So, so I think, and then, and then I finally find an industry that's like perfect for me personally, for my personality. And then I kind of like, and then before, you know, like growing up, you're like, you know, focus, right? Focus on one thing and then do it well. But coming into crypto, the way I feel like, the way I feel about it is that um, every day is a different day. Uh, every day that there's something interesting about this industry that, uh, that nobody in this world sort of have, have seen or done before. And that really excites me. And that hasn't changed, um, you know, in my two and a half years almost at Binance. And I don't think that'll change for the foreseeable future. Uh, and, and for me, sort of, you know, where I, why I'm investing sort of, you know, my, you know, pretty much 180% of my time in, in Binance and in crypto is, is not, not just because of sort of the, the constant, you know, the constant uh, action and the dynamic nature, but also I think um, the, it's sort of like, you know, we, uh, what we do today sort of eventually will shape sort of what the future of crypto and the future of sort of the financial ecosystem, you know, on a global basis will look like. Um, mainly just because sort of for the first time, I think, you know, for the first time in, in the history of the world almost, um, we basically have discovered a way for the world to connect and share a similar sort of principle on money, right? I think before, you know, we've always had borders, right? And then and then, but before that, we had basically, you know, historical challenges, logistical challenges to basically move things of value around, right? But now with sort of, you know, the, this, this sort of Web 3.0 evolution of sort of the internet technology, 
we basically have basically gotten around in terms of how to deliver value, right? How to deliver, you know, things of value, how to deliver money, essentially, you know, in a seamless, you know, almost a uh, uh, sort of instantaneous, you know, frictionless and, uh, and, uh, and you know, transparent uh, kind of a way. Right, and then that 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 for me is 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 quite uh quite revolutionary. Not not necessarily in terms of you know, uh, in, in terms of you know you know ground shattering things that takes place overnight, but more in sort of like you know we what we do today, what I do today on a day to day basis, kind of you know kind of makes that impact in terms of you know what the future of it looks like, and 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 sort of the the, the you know I'll ramble a little bit here. Sort of the last point is sort of like when you go into something. If you generally have an idea, right? When you go into a business, or when I invest, or invest in either money, time, or uh, or or mind share, right, or, or or whatever resources into something, you kind of have to figure out sort of you know what is this thing going to look like in three years or five years, right? Is it like what's the end game that we're all working towards, right? This is this is what you know. It's like to become either you know the the the, the you know the Uber for 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 whatever whatever, right? Uber for, for car, you know, initially is like for cars, right? The, the Uber for hotels, right? The Uber for, you know, for this or that, or the Google of this or the Facebook of this. But for, for, for crypto, there is no such sort of, you know, precedent that, that any sort of entrepreneur or any new business can kind of comp themselves to. So everything you do is kind of new. And then there's no sort of definitive end game that people can point to sort of like this. If I hit this, then this will be the sort of the end, right? Even for Amazon in the early days, they're like, you know, if, Everyone bought their books online or bought their, that buy everything online. And then, you know, 50% of their transactions, they do it through Amazon, then we'll have, you know, we'll have success, right? So you can actually calculate the ultimate sort of total addressable market that you're attacking, right? But in this situation, um, for crypto, I don't think anybody can tell you what the total addressable market is, right? You know, like what the TAM is for this market, right? Nobody can tell you sort exactly. of, yeah, nobody can tell you, you know, what the end game is going to look like, like who the winners are going to be and how big they're going to be. Right. So, um, so, 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 so it's really, really, really interesting. And I think one of the things that kind of, you know, the, the landmark number, right. I mean, Bitcoin is setting sort of, you know, recently it's been more action, but even, even sort of, you know, five years ago or, you know, four years ago, Bitcoin was setting sort of, you know, you know, new records almost every, you know, every year or every other year. Right. So now, um, now it's yeah. every other day, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, up and down, up and down, up and down. I mean, I think there's probably a lot of hype coming in, but, um, but and then you know, but but the thing is, is that um, you know, I, for me personally, I think it's just sort of like it's. I think it's just kind of getting started. I don't want to sort of pump the hype even more, but I just feel like from a recognition perspective, you know, for the people who've been in this industry, you know, uh, you got people coming and ask, you know, you get people coming from me. I was like, why didn't you tell me to buy Bitcoin like a year ago, or two years ago, or three years yeah. ago? Yeah, I mean, I, so, I got the same question as well. Like from mm-hmm. all my friends, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. why aren't you telling me? I was like, I didn't know how to put up. Turn out to be like this. I was like, mm-hmm. it's pretty difficult to explain to a no, a lot of no coin Well, pretty easy. I just tell them, you know, just go on Binance. Like, you guys should have you know, just, you know, I post stuff. Just do what I did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just to mm-hmm. uh, touch base on what you have said just now, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think we shared some of the same ethos. Like, uh, we also hear like not on a global scale, but uh, I was trying to like build the ecosystem in Thailand with the digital asset and crypto uh, currency industry. Uh, we were in this since before they had the official regulation as well. Mm-hmm. Like at that time, people still look at this like this, this is a scam. What are you doing? Is this 
even mm-hmm. real. So you get a lot of questions as well through at you, you know, from a lot of traditional players or even people who don't actually understand the sport industry. But I share mm-hmm. your thought that we also see the same vision, right? Like for me personally, I want to establish Thailand as one of the main forefront of the digital asset industry within Southeast Asia at least. And also there's, like you mentioned, there's always new things every day that's going on, which is why I love this market as well. Like this 24-hour, yeah, you, you got things like decentralized finance coming in, NFT coming in, uh, real asset back token also coming in in Thailand as well. So I think uh, just to touch, go back to a bit about the point about the recent surge of the Bitcoin price, right? Like, okay, last year we had the Bitcoin halving, then we saw a lot of institutional money coming in, right? And also even corporate using, uh, keeping Bitcoin as a, a corporate treasury as well. Like even Tesla was buying Bitcoin as a, a corporate treasury, right? Like, I mean, like, how do you see this whole thing turn up in this cycle? I mean, this is quite what I, I would say. No one expected this to happen this fast within the uh, last one and a half year. I mean, there, there were predictions that this probably might have happened, but we didn't even see a clear sign or maybe, maybe you did. I, I'm not too sure though. Like, what do you see? Like, where, where are we heading in this major cycle? Like, are there more institutional coming in after Elon Musk come in? And uh, what is a view on your end from your perspective, I would say, on this topic? Yeah, um, I kind of want to, um, before I, I mean, so, so I'll start like sort of outside from like a top down approach in terms of how we view this, um, especially in our focus, I think, just on Bitcoin first. Um, I mean, I, I think um, Bitcoin had always sort of had the, like the, the characteristics of Bitcoin hasn't changed from day one when Satoshi released the white paper, right? And uh, and in terms of the, and then they won't, they're not gonna change, right? That constant nature of it is actually, I think what makes it sort of so, so uh, interesting and makes it so attractive, I think for, you know, for for money, right? For people with, who wanna invest money. Because with when the world is filled with uncertainty and when different asset classes are going up and down and there's uncertainty in terms of what their real value is, right? People kind of want to go into an area where there, there is certainty, right? And then sort of the mechanism by which Bitcoin, you know, from at least from a supply side, and then from its sort of um, transferability side, from its sort of ledger entry system side, from blockchain usage side, that hasn't changed, right? And 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 when this is why, like, I think I would say gold has been so sort of, you know, it is a known asset that people have used and. Sort of, and it's divisible, right? The biggest characteristic of gold, I think, back in the day, why it became so popular was that it was divisible. It was easily sort of, you know, broken up into smaller pieces, um, and it, and it, and it was it was rare, right? So so sort of that, that's where sort of the common value of gold, right? So so whenever there's chaos, right, people go to certainty, right? And in a world, in a COVID world, in a sort of, you know, in a you know, I would say 2020 and the coming 2021, such a chaotic world, people look for certainty, right? And then and then people with money, right? And you sit on, you know, and, and the biggest sort of fiat currency in the world, U.S. dollar. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually very, I wouldn't say shocked, but I'm actually very, you know, pleasantly surprised that it's actually the, the, the U.S. institutions, right, the U.S. corporates that's actually embracing Bitcoin. Um, um, and, and that's really interesting, right? Mainly just because I think people have seen more activity in cryptocurrency outside of the United States, right, in Southeast Asia, in China, in, in you know, East Asia. Right. And in Europe, even. Right. And, and, and India. Right. 
but the thing is, is that it's sort of this time around, it's still kind of like the American institutions, right? The money that the really what we call smart money that's actually leading this. And a lot of it goes to do sort of like, you know, US is kind of like in chaos as well, right? So, so people look for certainty. And the certainty nature of Bitcoin is that, you know, it's not going to change, right? It's not like, you know, new regime gets elected, you know, new governor gets appointed to the Fed or central bank, and all of a sudden policies change, right? And then money is going to get printed at 30% faster than it was sort of the fast, last two years or slower, right? So, so that certain, certainty nature of Bitcoin, it, you know, just from top down, is probably why people sort of go to it as a safe haven asset, right? Just kind of like what gold was, right? Whenever there's chaos, you know, people flock to gold. So that, so, so, so I think that that's what you know. That's what's really, really. I think that, that's that's what's interesting in terms of like, like you know, if you really think about it, Bitcoin is actually a safe haven vis-a-vis sort of a speculative asset. But the thing is, is that during this time, it'll grow into sort of that stable, you know, nature. I think that's where sort of like the price of Bitcoin. Is going to go because the supply is limited, and then um, and then sort of as more and more people seek this certainty and seek that safe haven nature that Bitcoin gives, then I think you know this is where I think as I mentioned I think other times before is that um, the more people recognize its value, the more valuable it becomes. And I think what we're seeing is basically more and more people are realizing its value, and I think that's what's reflecting sort of you know, this this increase in, in price, right? Because as more people come into and realize its value. You know the valuation of it, given its sort of fixed supply nature, I think will go up. Um, so I think that's sort of my comment on Bitcoin. And to comment on sort of you know the crypto system um, at large, I kind of want to go back to sort of some of the things that we've been doing at Binance, um, which is basically make crypto usable, right? I think you know because originally, if you think about it, like you know, a couple of years ago when I first joined Binance, there was a huge debate about you know decentralization versus centralization, and and a lot of that goes back to sort of you know. Like, you know, from a user's perspective, right, from someone that just wants to, you know, buy and invest or hold or trade, you know, whatever they want to do from a user perspective, they just want something that's simple. Yeah, like they exactly. Want, they, they, yeah. they just want something easy for them to use. They don't want something to use. Like, even for me, it took me, like, you know, like couple, almost like a week to figure out how to use my hardware wallet. And then, you know, and then, and then, the, 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 and, I, and I don't, and, I, and the way I use it, I was like, this is quite complicated. So, like, like but the thing is, is that, you know, the same technology probably sits on my phone. So if I can maybe turn my phone into my hardware wallet, then that would be really cool, right? And then that's why I sort of like when I joined, one of the first companies we acquired was a company called Trust Wallet, right? That's actually a decentralized your wallet. You know, they don't hold custody of your coins. You hold custody and then you basically, you have your passcode. But then they just basically provide an open, it's like an open source, um, you know, open sort of, you know, um, a platform for people to sort of, you know, store and hold. Because, because, and then for Binance itself, what we what we have been trying to sort of stay ahead of the game on is basically how do we bring more people into the ecosystem, right? How do we bring more people? How do we make it easier for them? And and to a certain extent, you know, how do we help them to manage their assets once they own some crypto, right? Can we get some interest? Like so, because because a couple of things that we've been looking at is basically, you know, we've added a bunch of Binance Earn products for people who are not speculators, yeah. right? They're not day traders, right? They just want to. They just want to, like, you know, classic, you know, what do people do with money? They store it and they want to get some interest rate, right? And oh, with, similar to what? They just want, they just want to collect, they just want to store their money somewhere that's safe and then earn some interest rate, right? That's pretty much, you know, that's exactly. probably like the single most you know, easy to understand use case of money, right? So, so sort of we've been, yeah, we've been, we, well, yeah. just to jump on that point a bit, yeah. like actually what finance does with the earning and fixed deposit kind of thing. So it's, it's, 
it's kind of bridge and allow people to see you know, like what uh, DeFi is about as well in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have to go do the yield farming or do all those complicated things themselves, but they can also reap the benefit from the same kind of uh, mechanism, I'd say. Yeah, and, and and I think and I think that's something that um, that w- we've done uh, at least for Binance, sort of building 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 that symbiotic bridge between you know the Binance the centralized exchange and sort of the DeFi world, right? Because like in de- in de- in decentralized finance right now, sort of you know the, the 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 key theme is that you know you control your own money, right? The wallet you custody your own assets, and then you can store your assets or lock your assets. Into the variety, into you know various DeFi protocols, um, and, and 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 basically earn your um, earn your you know interest and earn your sort of you know uh, uh, what's the word um, uh, yeah, um, right. pa- pa- passive income right you can basically earn passive income with, with basically with your crypto right and 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 one of the biggest things I think sort of Binance had um, sort of you know I'll, I'll get into the next sort of iteration of what we're doing is we've basically been you know quite supportive of DeFi as a whole. Right. Um, you know, we've been very support, probably one of the biggest supporters of, you know, Ethereum, you know, uh, the polka dot chain. And then, um, you know, uh, and then and then also sort of, you know, uh, a, a bunch of other stuff. But I think but sort of given sort of the community efforts that find that that's sort of behind Binance that developed through the Binance smart chain, there's been a lot of, I would say, you know, newer um, DeFi platforms um, uh, that have come out right um, out of sort of the, uh, the, the Binance smart chain. Mainly just because it's cheaper to send assets, right? Nobody exactly. wants to send. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, right yeah. now the yeah. gas is like a yeah. pain. Yeah. Nobody wants. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to yeah. Nobody wants to spend fifty dollars you know, to do a transaction. So to send to send to send assets back and forth. Yeah. So um. So I think. So I think that 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 um. That's something that um. That we've been actively supporting. Like for example, Binance itself, we came out with a hundred million dollars sort of BSC fund. Um. That we've deployed. You know. Quite aggressively, right? I think you see a lot of sort of Binance marching fund, and that fund is basically you know, coming out of you know Binance itself that, that that I'm looking at, and we're basically looking actively to support any developers that want to develop on top of the Binance marching. So, um, so that's something that I want to give us give a pitch for, so so that you can go to, um, um go to the the uh, and, and look into sort of the um. Uh, this uh, this program, right? You know the grants that we've given out, investment we've given out. You know, from as small as you know twenty, thirty thousand dollars to as big as you know um, two, three, four, five million dollars. Yeah, and, uh, and, yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a big fan of uh, the BSC as well. I mean, mm-hmm. We are farming on Pancake and Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I think uh, from I mean maybe I would like to play the devil advocate a bit, right? Like I mean from what I'm hearing in the other community, right? Like I mean even in on Twitter itself, right? I mean like there are people talk about the finance smart chain as the centralized, uh, so which might go against the whole concept of decentralized, right? Like, I mean like what do you say say to that though? Like I mean like is there is this a better bridge or? Is this one of the part of process bridge between the both worlds? Um, um, yeah, I'll, I'll address that. Um, I I think it's everything's a process, right? And um, and I think and I think you know the 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 Binance Smart Chain is something that I think that the community built, right? And I think and then they're in the process of basically it, it will they're in the process I would say of 
of figuring out the decentralization path. So, um, so, so I think that that's something that um, that um, is being is being addressed because you'll run into, but but the biggest um, uh, problem I think that I would say the the Binance Smart Chain sort of solves for is actually for scalability and to make transactions cheap and fast. Right, because because I think because I think one of the characteristics of 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 crypto, and I think financial transaction in general, is that speed and cost wins. Right, like people and money will always flow to sort of like the cheapest and the fastest. Exactly. Right? I mean, yeah, and and, and, and yeah. expect people to pay like a fifty dollar, hundred dollar gas. I mean, yesterday, I think day before when the price dropped, you can see the mm-hmm. gas even high as like I think. Uh, Eighty dollar mm-hmm. for a transaction, <laughs> which I mean, yeah, which which goes against the whole principle of why why people go into crypto in the first place. Is exactly, because, exactly. Is because they're yeah, just because they're they're being they're fed up with high fees being charged by their banking by their by their by their by the current financial system, right? It's slow and it's expensive, right? Like so 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 I think so so I, so I think like um it, at the end of the day I think you know users vote right you know money votes right it, you know money votes in terms of so so I would say. So I would say, you know, um, there, like, 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 it goes back to sort of like, you know, some of the original, um, you know, original, I would say, complaints that I think a lot of the the current sort of, you know, um, um, I would say, um, uh, um, opinion opinion leaders kind of had about, you know, they had issues with Binance, you know, at the beginning as well, just sort of the role that centralized exchange plays, um, in 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 sort of, um, in 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 the crypto industry at the beginning of the day. Right. In terms of, you know, like, but the thing is, is that what you've seen is that sort of centralized exchanges have basically helped to grow the industry like beyond, um, you know, beyond leaps and bounds. Right. In terms of making a platform that, that that's easy for users to use and then have actually, you know, provide customer service right? <laughs> that you don't really get. Exactly. So, 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 yeah. So I think that the, the thesis that I want to present is that we're all here to grow the market together. Um, and, and, uh, and, and, you know, and, and, uh, and users will basically vote with, with what they think is the best. So Whereas, I think um, it, it's, at the end of the day, the user wins, right? So as long as mm-hmm. the transaction is cheaper and the mm-hmm. experience is better, I think like that's what actually serves the humanization of it and the customer experience of it. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. no, absolutely. And, and I think what's, what's really interesting that, that I think that somebody else talked about that I kind of want to bring into is community. Right, like what we're doing is actually Binance is actually bridging the Binance community to DeFi, right? And then once these yep. once once these users, we're actually contributing to the cause, right? Like if you think about it, Binance with our sort of you know we're we're the largest um, exchange, not just in terms of volume, but actually in terms of our user base, right? If every single one of the existing Binance users become a DeFi becomes a DeFi user, that deep, I mean that that's like a massive. Bringing that, DeFi to the real masses. Yeah, that's a massive increase in DeFi, right? And once people become DeFi, then they're off. Then they can, you know, pick and choose what they think is that, what they think and what, like, what they trust and what they like, right? And, okay. then, and then, and then people can become cheap. And people, and then people can choose, you know. So, 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 so it's kind of interesting in that I think, I think that, the, um, I think the debate is actually, I think it's too narrow and too. It's basically, a, it's basically maybe too protecting a small niche. Is that I've figured out how to grow, you know, how to how to make the pond a lot bigger for everyone. Yeah. So, so I think maybe, maybe uh, it's a good point, right? That you say bringing that DeFi to the masses and growing the bridging the Binance user to the DeFi world as well. Like right now, for example, we have I think 
over 35 billion in the total value locked in the DeFi space, which is huge, I would say, compared to like uh, two years ago where we have like maybe not even $1 billion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, uh, you touch a lot of uh, touch base a lot on the DeFi and bring it to the masses, right? Like, I mean, uh, as a guy from the traditional financial um, institution and industry yourself, right? Like, how, how do you envision DeFi and the world of the traditional finance uh, bridging or what sort of possibility you see out there, though? I mean, just to jump in from your experience as well, what, what potential do you see from bridging these gaps with the traditional world? And yeah, what are the I mean, major sure. roadblocks that you feel might be? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about like, whenever you need a bridge between like one system to another, you need commonality. Right, you need some kind of like, and I think the biggest, the most important thing here is actually, can we can can we talk this? Can we talk the same language, right? Because because most people go into crypto, you just hear like a, it's like a whole new it's like a whole new language you kind of have to learn, right? Like hash rates, right? Like you know, like total value lock, like these are complete like so people coming from sort of the finance world or to sort of the more common users of the financial system, sort of you have to almost like kind of learn like you have to learn new languages. Right to basically to sort of operate in this sort of new, new system, right? And I think, and I think, like so. But the thing is, is that where the bridge comes in, and I think it, it, a lot of it just comes from understanding. That. So that where the bridge comes in is like, where do we have common language, right? And I think, and I think one common language that actually made DeFi really kind of taking off is actually yield, right? Or APY, right? <laughs> what's your yield? Right? I mean, that's what's your interest rate? Uh, that the, mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean that that language is a language that everybody kind of understands, right? Anybody who's put money in a bank, when you open your bank first bank account, when you, you know, when you, from your piggy bank, you know, hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, you do the math in your head, right? If I get five percent a year, you know, if I have this much money, I can basically retire and make my five percent coupon, and I'm pretty good, right? Sort of that equation. Pretty much everybody who's sort of made money and saved money and earned money from interest have sort of thought of, right? And I think that's actually a really key language. And, and that's and, and for me in my mind that's just one use case of DeFi, right? Like having a yield product, right? And DeFi has already you know gotten us to where we are in the last six you know six to twelve months. So 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 for me it's sort of the, then you sort of think to the future is like what other languages and then what other lingos or what other use cases can there be to sort of further bridge that gap, right? And 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 I think and I think that's a gradual process and it's really hard today for me to make any predictions. On what what that next you know bridge is, right? I mean, because just because sort of you know this yield is already a massive market, right? That you know you have massive amount of money sitting in the banking world today, earning zero to negative interest rate, right? Exactly. All the yeah, all the euro depositors, U.S. dollar depositors, you know, pretty pretty much getting zero to negative interest rate, and the bank yeah. char- charges you charges you money if you have like a low balance, right? Yeah. So 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 sort of for that, you're like, why would I even give them my money? Right. But, yeah. but so, so and, then, and I think and I think, you know, to a certain degree, you know, if you think about sort of you know, the, the next big sort of, you know, iteration of it, you know, it could be a variety. Right? It could be a securitization of, of, of world assets just because of real world assets, because there's additional yield there that you can tap into. Um, it could be um, it could be sort of maybe even like FX, right, with the popularization of the various stable coins coming in. That then sort of maybe even people can use crypto um, to do decentralized FX. I don't have to go through sort of you know and you know I don't have to go through exchange uh, 
I don't have to go through traditional, you know, expensive exchange brokers. Like if you go to the airport, they're like the buy sell spread is like 10, 15 percent, right? <laughs> For FX, right? When exactly. When, so let's yeah. say when you try to transfer yeah. money from Western Union and, and the FX and the fees are kind of crazy, though. Compared they, to the yeah, yeah. So, so, so maybe, maybe that's something. You know, like what, what, what did Jeff Bezos say? Like your margin is my lunch, right? So. <laughs> So, 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 that, I mean, that's, like, that, that's a common language, right? Like if I can get, you know, if I can get my money exchanged at these rates, that, you know, at whatever the bank, you know, and, and then, that, and then there's, you know, I, I just think, I just think like, these are these, like, ex- like, you need sort of common language, like exchange rate, right? Is a common language. Yeah. Right. Right. Like that, that's something that, you know, but that use case definitely is smaller sort of than the yield use case, right? That yep. yield use case, I think is quite universal. So maybe no, so was, I, think, mm-hmm. I think the yield use case is quite interesting, right? I mean, like when I tell my, I mean, older generation people, for example, my mom and my dad, that there's <laughs> uh, interest paid like around 10% uh, per month, they will be like, what scam are you guys running here? So I mean, like, uh, so, I mean like, but, but on the other hand, right, when they tell me the tail, right, from their end, right, like, I mean, they, they used to tell me like 30 years ago, they were getting uh, 10 to 12 interest rates by putting money in the bank, which mm-hmm. is actually doing some business right now is pretty even harder to get a 10, 20% margin on your whole uh, net profit, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think this is like, it just show reflect, right? Like that we are in a new frontier. That's why the mm-hmm. incentive is higher, like how uh, it used to be the banking day started, like uh, I think 30, 40 years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, look, and, and I think that's something that sort of, you know, there's a ton of interest rate type of products on finance right now that sort of bridges that gap and then we sort of help people to go into sort of the DeFi world that way. Um, and, and, and I kind of want to go to sort of the, I would say you, you asked me sort of, you know, what do I see next for DeFi? And I think this is one thing that sort of um, for the Binance Smart Chain uh, Fund, we've actually invested, um, uh, you know, in about, I think almost 10 projects now, um, I would say in the, um, in the NFT space. Uh, I, yeah, I just yeah. yeah. For me personally, like I'm a big. Uh, Actually, I was playing the yeah. NFT box yesterday, right? Uh huh. Okay. Is, is <laughs> yeah. that by Binance or NFT box that VIP? Is that, uh, I, I don't Binance. think so. You should you should send it to me. Like what invest? <laughs> like like cause, yeah. Because <laughs> well, I thought it's by yeah. you guys, so I I, no, don't I, I, I I like yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. Let me take a look. Uh, I'll take a look. Um, um, because because I think I think that's something that um, that I think you know DeFi um, can um, not not necessarily um, finance perspective right, but more from a, um, a value transfer of value storage of value perspective, and then also you know given that you know everyone most of the world today because of you know various lockdowns for COVID can't you know experience sort of uh, the real world assets in person. People kind of want to have an ex- have a chance to you know own and experience the real world assets online, and I think that that online nature and then also the ability to sort of you know experience uh, you know things, people, places, art, you know sports, you know uh, 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 that that's not sort of like in your native country or place that could be really interesting. And I think and I think this is something that's kind of interesting for Thailand specifically, just sort of like you know if people can't visit Thailand in person because I think tourism in Thailand. One of the industries been hit really bad by COVID. Yep. Um. And 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 and, and, and I think you know like it, it's just sort of like you know, and I think you know with their you know if someone can come out of way it's sort of you know you can start 
um, packaging NFTs as an experience that you can sell, that people can own. And then, and then, and then, you know, when, when, when travel comes back, they can go in and have that experience, right, in real person. And I think that's something that could be really, really interesting in, in terms of, you know, you know um, in terms of packaging some of these assets, um, packaging some of these travel assets and travel experiences in Thailand in an NFT format and then sell it. And then, and then you can actually redeem it, right? Almost like a travel voucher kind of thing. But the thing is, is that you make it a collectible, right? So and maybe like all, a travel yeah. collectible package. A travel collectible package, right? And then you can collect the whole set, right? And then, and then, and then, and, and, and I think with that, maybe you can, there's some perks that you can work with sort of the tourism bureau or work with the airlines or work with the hotels such that they can sort of, you know, just make it special, right? Make it unique. So, um, and I think, and I think that's something that, that could, um, just, just, cause, cause, cause what's really, really interesting about NFTs is that, um, it, you can sort of top it, like you can put that on anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like if you look at like you know, I, I, um, you know, something that 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 we're exploring, right? Because we recently invested in a in a company called uh, called Chili's, um, which is which is like when they, and they have you know about seven or eight different sort of sports team fan tokens, right? And then and then, oh, yeah, and then Chili's, yeah. yeah, yeah, so so yeah. yeah, yeah. So we just we just did a small little uh, launcher listing program with the AC Milan token, and then but then they also have like you know PSG Paris Central PSG token. They have uh, I think like in uh, they got uh, like what's the other one? Um, they have a couple of other tokens, right? Um, like Juventus, Bar- Juventus, Juven- Juventus, right? And then uh, yeah, so they have these fan tokens, and I was like, you should just sort of like you know think about, and then yeah. they're thinking of they're thinking about basically creating sport moment NFTs like, like yeah, yeah, live. live. I, 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 yeah. I just had a conversation with my friend yesterday mm-hmm. about this. I was like, why? Why aren't they doing some NFT related? Yeah. So like if if like if Ronaldo like any place where you mentioned, I was like, if he scores a goal, then that that moment can be captured live in an NFT format, right? And then you sell like you know, there's you create like maybe ten of them or fifteen of them, and you can just you know sell those for someone who who can collect it, right? So so I just I just think like um, and then you can do the same I think for experiences as well. Right, because each because because like then you're basically applying blockchain technology, um, you know the ledger system, right, in a transparent and open and transferable way, and you can share that moment, you can send that moment to someone, right. So anything so, can yeah. be captured digitally, basically. Digitally, yeah, anything can be captured digitally and send and share, right. Even if it's like and even if like it's like, monetize. yeah, I mean, I think the monetization aspects of it is, I think, is what's going to bring. Um, artists and, and, and teams and, and, and people to sort of trying to look at it. And then I think you're going to come, definitely going to come away with a ton of scans and a ton of junk. But the thing is, is that, but, but the thing is, is that, you know, like, but that, that's kind of what the art market or the collectible market is. Like, if I think it's worth something yeah. and you think it's worth something, even if two people believe in it, then it has value. Right? I see there, so. there is uh, someone in the Thai community that I'm, uh, working with right like i mean like he is actually a full-time nft artist like one of them like he's just mm-hmm. drawing nft and selling it uh, digitally. Mm-hmm. So i was like yeah pretty cool man what are you doing here um yeah, i mean that, that's really interesting right because think of all the starving artists out there so so if, if you can educate them on sort of you know the uses of it instead of you know and because you have no tourists now you, know, you don't have anybody to sell art to right so so i i just think i just think like externalities of NFTs is actually really interesting. And that's something that I think um, once it becomes crossed with DeFi, 
um, I think could create you know a tremendous amount of value for uh, for early for early users and adopters and creators. Yeah, I think yeah we touched base on NFT DeFi. Maybe um, just maybe one last uh, question from my end, right? And then like mm-hmm. we can move on to some question from the audience. Like I mean, sure. since we are from Thailand, right? I mean, like uh, what is your view on the whole Southeast Asia market and like what potential you see uh, or Binance within this uh, region? I would say like I mean, there's a uh, a lot. You guys are a lot uh, pretty active in Vietnam as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we've made two significant investments in Southeast Asia so far. One in Indonesia, and uh, and one in Singapore. In, in Singapore, we we released a local exchange called Binance.sg. Um, uh, and then in Indonesia, we basically is that live yet? Binance.sg, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's been live. That, that, but that's purely just for Singaporeans. Oh. Um, and then trading is purely in Singapore dollar. So that that's been live since um since two thousand and nineteen. Uh, and but but the other the other thing is that we made an investment in Indonesia and sort of its first licensed exchange there in a company called Toko Crypto, and then that's been trading and then actually growing you know extremely uh, you know extremely fast the last few months. So um, and I think and I think you know and I think in my mind sort of and, and also I think in general Southeast Asia is extremely active market. I think Thailand has one of one of the you know one of the probably one of the biggest markets for crypto right now in terms of the local market. So so we're actively yeah, so sort of, just, you know, what, just, just what, to give you the, mm-hmm. some of the number from my end, right? Like sure. we see uh, the user in the community grow by two two, three X mm-hmm. and like uh channel has been um our live channel has been growing like before we used to have like uh fifty viewer on our normal mm-hmm. weekly show. Mm-hmm. Now we have like a uh, three to five hundred. So apart from DeFi, NFT. Um, is there any plan for Binance to work with some uh, asset-backed token? Like, I mean, we are seeing this trend, right? But I understand there's uh, maybe some roadblocks on the uh, regulator as well. So maybe um, uh, your end, your maybe view view on this uh, asset-backed token. What do you see? Like, how would Binance plan to integrate with that? Mm. I think that one's a little bit more challenging, um, given that um, once it becomes asset back, then basically you have um, security characteristics, and different yeah. countries and jurisdictions have um, much more strict um, regulations um, with regards to securities, vis-a-vis um, you know you know utility tokens and crypto and and sort of the the general crypto world right now. So I mean, this is something that probably we're going to need you know multiple local solutions. Rather than sort of like one sort of you know top-down centralized solution. Exactly. Okay. You have uh, many customers in Thailand. Do you have any plan to apply for a license? Uh, I mean, the exchange license in Thailand. Thank yeah, you. like I said, like I said before, I think we're actively looking at opportunities. Okay. Yeah. So I think they're still exploring at the moment. Mm-hmm. We have many. Yeah. Like uh, because, because yeah because one of the issues is that. Um, like because we operate or we have users from you know multiple jurisdictions right around the world sort of and then sort of the rules and regulations in each different jurisdiction is actually is quite different so for from a centralized platform that finances i think what we can do is basically you know try to meet the 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 rules and regulations from a high level uh and then i think once we get critical mass and there's a specific need then we'll go in sort of take a look at the specific situation because um, when you try to make changes for one country, it might disrupt sort of, you know, 
the, how the system flows for other places as well. And I think that that's one, probably the biggest challenge of running sort of the global business is, um, you know, you're, you're basically dealing with um, users, not just from one country, you're dealing with users from, you know, 150, 160 different countries. Um, so sort of the way we think about it is basically, you know, what's the best and the fair, like what's the best thing we can do to protect our users? And, and then from that, you know, then, that, then, you know, our policies and then our sort of process, you know, trading mechanism, all that stuff comes out. And so the best we can do is basically to stay as transparent uh, and as ethical and as fair. And then, and then the, and from that perspective, you know, and to protect our users to, um, to as much as we can, you know, we're actually in alignment with sort of, you know, the regulations that are out there, which is in, in principle and in reality is basically to try to help and protect users. Right. Um, so I think, so I think from that, you know, we're generally aligned with regulators and what we try to accomplish. Um, it's just that um, the specific licenses um, I think it just a lot of times takes takes both time and uh, and uh, and knowledge. Yeah, I think just to touch base on that point a bit, like I mean, the, in Thailand we have like three, four licenses that is issued and regulated by the SEC, right? So I think uh, there are some local players that have the license, and also people using uh, these uh, local vendor as a fiat gateway as well to move some of their fund to Binance. But the product that you guys offer are more um they have more variety and then some local uh, the local regulator also doesn't allow in many of the products that being offered i would say so I, I think it makes sense for you guys since you guys are operating in a global perspective right there otherwise there will be like a hundred fifty licenses you guys have to apply to for every country <laughs> but it, mm-hmm. it's good that you you have the good intention that want to keep the user safe. Um, I would say safe and then uh, protect the user mainly. I would say. I mean, like uh, just to give you some background, right? We have a lot of people from the community here in Thailand. So listening to you, some work in the technology sector from the bank as well. Some uh, smart contract uh, developer, blockchain developer as well. So the audience are quite diverse at the moment. And some reporter as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe um, just so from my end, right? Maybe out of my curiosity, right? Like um, I would say like maybe we touch base a bit on uh the market on the Southeast Asia again. Like, can you share with us with some of the number that uh the growth rate you had during the this past uh two year? I, I'm not sure sure you're allowed to share that or not. And how does the the COVID affect uh, enhance the boom of the, I mean, the COVID. Actually, it's quite funny that like we talk about like how many industry has been affected badly, right? But I think in the digital asset or the crypto space is kind of the opposite of the real world sector that is going on. We see the boom in the industry at the moment. So how how does uh, Binance scale or handle the scaling of this as well? Maybe on that on that part. Yeah, I mean, I think. COVID's impact on um, has been, I would say, you know, like it, it accelerated the timetable for the just digitalization and the online space as a whole. I think it's, and, and, and that has been true, I think, with what we've seen, like I, like I said before, with what we've seen in terms of Bitcoin. It accelerated sort of its, its timetable, I would say, um, and, uh, and brought a lot of things uh, forward. Um, including valuation and including sort of, you know, um, popularity and knowledge. 
and and I think that probably has been true for our business as well. Um, not necessarily in terms of because of COVID specifically, but because of sort of this, you know, masses congregating online and then discussing and then understanding and sharing has brought sort of you know Bitcoin and crypto um, into one of those areas that people want want to and have the resources now and the time to learn about. And I think I think that has definitely benefited our business. Um, I think just in the last quarter, you know, our 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 volume has grown, you know, tremendously. You know, like like multiples, right? And, and like you know, two to three times, like both in terms of you know users, uh, and in terms of you know trading volume. And that's true, I think, in Asia, um, as well as you know, I, I, you know, we see similar trends, you know, on a global basis as well. Yeah. So I think yeah. I- we can clearly see that even in Thailand itself, right? We can see like a lot of people. Maybe like uh, maybe I would like to hear from you as well, right? Some of the advice from the new newbies, right? Who try to enter this market at this moment, like what what would be your advice to them? Like even when people ask you, right? I mean, usually I tell my friend that just uh, invest what you are willing to lose and just have to really understand what you are buying into. Because sometimes if you don't understand, right, like you see the price drop like 10, 20 percent. You start selling everything, and then they keep on going in this uh, cycle. I think they'll buy on the top, and then they'll don't know mm-hmm. what happened. Yeah, but they they don't have the understanding of this. Right? Like, what is your advice from your end? Yeah, I mean, one, one thing is like, what do your own research, and then um, and then one one thing that I kind of like, um, there's a book um, that I read a long time ago. It's called Fortune's Formula. And uh, and, uh, and and it teaches you a lot about sort of you know investing and and, and then also sort of betting right from a you know when, when you do sort of you know because you know when you do research right there's sort of um, when you do invest right there's sort of long term value and then you sort of you know and, and and I think that's sort of the thesis behind Bitcoin right um, but in terms of you know cryptocurrency trading you know that's probably a little bit more speculative and more short term. So I would say in terms of looking at your assets, you know, definitely allocate, you know, carefully allocate your assets in terms of what you want to sort of, you know, place your bets on on a long-term basis and and, and have the discipline to not touch that, right? Like, what, and then don't sell your winners to fund your losers, right? There's there's a lot of these, there's a lot of these sort of like general principles, right? And then it just depends on sort of like, you know, what your goals are, right? And then when you hit your goal, sort of level set, take profit off the table and then sort of recommit what you want to put at risk right rather than like never you know never should you sort of you know risk at all i don't think that's that's like that's not sort of like in fortune's formula it's basically uh you know have like like depending on how much stack you have you should never bet more than half your stack right <laughs> so so, yep. um, so so that that that's sort of like so that that's sort of like you know that's a sort of i would say for general advice and so also yeah good, good and, money management strategy yeah yeah and also and also the other one is like it's like if you don't understand it, don't use leverage. Like, do not use leverage <laughs> if you do not understand it. That, that's that's yep. probably my one advice um, to that's everyone that's who's kind of new. That's yeah. what I see in the platform as well. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Leverage challenge. Uh, we have to do a quiz before, right? That make sure people understand what, what they're actually doing into, mm-hmm. when they go into leverage. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, maybe um, the last question from me is just to wrap this whole thing up, right? Like. Um, so from 2017 to 18, we have seen the run of Bitcoin from $6,000 to 20000 in the early uh, 2018. Then we had a major correction, I would say, 2018-19 is a super bear market, some would call it. 
And right now, we since the DeFi boom of 2020 in, during uh, June, July till September, and then we have seen the major bull run happening from December till I would say right now. So in this current trend, right? What is your thoughts on the current market and how far are we going in this at the moment? Not not to give any predict, mm-hmm. price prediction, but uh, just the overview of it, yeah. Because I think to give a price prediction is like a billion dollar question. I would not put you on that spot. <laughs> I, I think the trend is um the, the trend is I think uh, um the trend comes back comes down to sort of like you know what your investment horizon and your timing is. Um, I, I think like you know five years ago, right? If you had put you know not five, like three years ago when I like when I first came into crypto. In 2018, it was one giant bear market, right? Crypto had peaked at like 17,000. Exactly. And then it went, went straight down to like 3,000. Like, I think lowest point was like 3,000, right? So, 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 so imagine if you had like, imagine if you're like someone who bought crypto like 15,000 in 2017, you just locked it away for three years. You come back today, you'd be like, oh, nice. I'm up, three, I'm up 3x, right? Three years, 3x. That's not bad, right? But imagine sort of during that cycle, you're just looking at the price, seeing your asset value get down to like a third of what it was. And then you sort of like, oh my gosh, the bubble is over, right? So, so, so I think a lot of it just sort of like, like I told before, is like, how do you view your time horizon? And then do you sort of, you know, ticker watch it during this whole time? Like if your personality is someone who like ticker watches every single, like every day, like you open your Binance app like 20 times a day or 30 times a day, like I do. Then you need you need you need to basically think very carefully about how what you want to hold, right? Yeah, yeah, and and because then you're constantly calculating, right? Because because the thing is, is like that's addictive, right? Every time you open an app, you don't need up or down, you get a dopamine hit, right? And, and, and like like the same thing as you flip through, sort of, like if that's if that's your personality, then you should just sort of like you know protect yourself from yourself. Right, you should basically take take your assets that you want to hold long term and just put that away in a cold wallet, and you don't even see it. <laughs> and I, know, like, I don't know if some of it. Uh, sometimes I wonder where my asset is. Well, yeah, yeah, and then just give it to your, and then just, just give it to your mom or give it to your wife, and just be like, you know, I'm locking that shit away. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if I come to you, do not let me touch it. Like five years, right? Or, or even you know, that, that, that that's something to think about, right? That's for someone you know that's that that's worth that's. That, that, that's the kind of time horizon you kind of want to set, right? And maybe that's, that's the kind of like, you know, and that, you know what, you know what that product is called? It's called insurance. <laughs> right? 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 That's something like, you know, like, like and, 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 and I guess what, if that's, that maybe that's the next DeFi project, right? Like, you know, long-term insurance type of products that for people that have like, yeah. you know, that, that you invest from a time horizon perspective. Um, so for me, in terms of like, you know, I, I, I mean, I think this, that we're like in a Bitcoin super cycle. Every time after Bitcoin halves, you know, it goes into sort of the super cycle for about you know two to two years, right? And that's sort of the historical trend, right? And uh, and, uh, and and that could be the trend here, or that trend could be accelerated, right? Like I said, because of COVID and because yep. of you know in that and um, but the thing is, is that um, but the thing is, is that I think this time around, I think you know if you look at some of the Google search patterns, I don't think Bitcoin has search has hit sort of the the retail mass craze. That it was at in the end of 2017. Um, maybe, but, maybe Bitcoin has nothing, but uh, maybe Dogecoin has. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's interesting, what's interesting this time around, I, I think you get a lot more mainstream people, um, you know, both in terms of from the financial industry and from sort of you know, pop culture industry, but that that's coming in now, right? Like one joke that I saw 
um, was, um, I'm not sure if you follow sort of, you know, um, the NFL, you know, uh, sports is that there's a, there's a player for the San Diego Chargers. I think he's an offensive tackle called Russell Okung, who has been like a huge, um, you know, Bitcoin uh, advocate sort of in the, for the professional athletes in the U.S. And then there's a joke that, and then he basically, I think about a year ago, two years ago, said that he's going to take half of his salary in Bitcoin. And oh, then wow. there, was, there was a Twitter going around that he's going to be the rich. He's, he, he is the rich. He is a, the highest paid player in NFL or, or is or will be the highest paid player in NFL history. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, so, I mean, I think it's just these kind of general anecdotes. They're like amusing in nature, but it does sort of grow the myth and the popularity, right? Yeah. So, um, so, so, I, so I think, and for me, it's just sort of like, I think, um, like I said before, like the more people believe in it, uh, the more people get, uh, sees value in it, the more valuable it becomes. Right. And I don't, and I don't think we've hit sort of that state stable value yet. Right. So, um, so, so I think, so I think, so I think that that's sort of like the general, my, my general observation, um, without sort of putting a, putting a timestamp on anything. Yeah. I think that's a uh, perfectly sum up like uh, the whole, uh, market that we're going through at the moment I would say. <laughs> okay i think um that's a wrap up for today uh, thanks thanks very very much for the opportunity to connect with the thai community and um it's wonderful to have you here with us and uh, to share your insight with the local community and the our audience here today as well i think uh, we have heard a lot of interesting things coming out of finance and also we are looking also forward to like some of the future product that you guys are building here as well. Okay, sure. Amazing. Thank you, Sanjay. Thank you, Sanjay, for being a wonderful host. And uh, yeah. I think I want to thank everybody in the clubhouse uh, room today you know, for, for, for listening to, <laughs> to me rambling. I appreciate it. <laughs> yep. Tech Sauce, sparking innovative thoughts.